You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to episode 467 of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in the city beautiful Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt in lovely, frigid Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer in the city beautiful of Holyoke, Massachusetts, where, guys, last week I got like 10 inches of snow, and this Ooh. week it's all gone because it's been like 50 degrees. It's beautiful here. What's it like there in uh, Minnesota, little guy? It's really cold. Really, uh-huh. really, really cold. I know Spencer always loves to point out how much colder it is. Uh, and we haven't gotten no, any no, snow. No, no, I feel terrible. Uh, we haven't got any snow, so <laughs> it hasn't been good for skiing, which is a problem because we're still... I mean, we got a teeny bit of snow, but we still have this World Cup coming up, I'm told about. Uh-huh. I'll, we'll oh, hear right. more about yeah. it in Nordic Corner, I'm sure. But... Um, no, we haven't. We haven't got a lot. I, I, I got a, I got a stupid uh, thing. I'm just gonna go right into my stupid thing here. Oh, okay, okay. So, uh, sure you know, with this weather, we've had. It's really cold now, but it was really warm uh, all fall. So, um, with no snow, we ski sales have been down a lot, right? Uh-huh. But at the same time, uh-huh. uh, roof sales have been up. Uh, they've been pitching up twenty-two to thirty percent because of the warm weather. You could still get out there and work on it uh but everyone's uh-huh. been working you know getting their pain caves ready for this time of year right so i've been putting up uh-huh. new walls and i see uh uh-huh. walls are trending it's- up uh, about 90 percent, about 90 degree trend there for walls uh-huh. 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 See that? Uh-huh. so uh trainer <laughs> trainer sales like uh-huh. tra- trainer sales though have uh mostly been flat uh with maybe like a slight incline toward the front end of yeah. the trainer okay. sales, yeah, yeah. but yeah. Um, earlier in the year, the, yeah. yeah, the the industry has really been uh, spinning its wheels for the last few years. You guys, uh, no matter if it tacks this way or that, it can't seem to bring back the Zwift sales of years gone by. Uh, dealers used to yell "Wahoo" at the beginning of the trainer season, uh, but there mm-hmm. are you know there's stages to these uh, stages to these winter. Uh, huh. Yeah, yeah, I see what you did. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, people used to think, yeah, if you wanted to have like a Bjarni Reese inspired, like elite cycle ops sort of training camp with your buds, you know, you had to go all out uh, and get all get all rovy if you wanted to be cool with your buds. Uh, but you don't. You know, you could just really you could just uh, full gas my whoosh. Those are two other ones, and I didn't know how to work those in. You guys heard of well, those? I'm just really disappointed. Full gas and my whoosh? I, no, but little guy, you're really... Um, wow. Yeah. You, you had a lot of good kinetic energy. Thank here. you. Thank you. And, Thank um, you, Tim. Getting in the I, spirit. I don't, I don't want to be curt or anything with you, but Beautiful. I expect a little bit more. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. You know, I yeah. thought um, 
That's a deep cut. I, I when I was searching around for the names of different trainers, I was kind of surprised that Kurt Kinetic even existed anymore. Um, but well, I mean, it, I mean, it was it was it was a good it was a good it, uh, it was a good joke on him, uh, Tim. But it wasn't it wasn't a true Blackburn. Nice. Yeah, I know. See, I but, knew I could count on you guys. You know, guys, it's I'm a little hungry. I'm gonna go get myself a Kreitler and some <laughs> what? coffee. Wow. Literally. That was bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm over here trying to figure out how to work in menorah, but I couldn't I mean good luck yeah, on well, that. I got good the luck. rollers. Yeah. Hey, I don't want to give any feedback, but um I'm pretty sure that you guys are all right. Uh-huh. Nice, uh-huh. nice. Okay, are you hinting that it's trainer season? Is that what's going on here? Or was like I am... honestly though, I thought the for the first half of that. It was just some terrible Mad Libs you had set up. <laughs> I mean, pretty much it was. I don't. I thought of that when I was on a ride the other day. I don't know why it all started coming into my head. Uh-huh. Um, mostly because on that ride, I was thinking, and that's when it was above zero. It's been below zero for a few days. I was thinking, why am I doing this? I'm on a. I'm on a podcast that mostly talks about um, uh-huh. people riding pain caves. lately, mostly yeah. about pain caves and trainers. And um, <laughs> I like going outside much more, but um, my nose was freezing. I do off, like that. So. They, this bit came to you four days ago, so you you had you know ninety six hours to uh, make it even better. Well, and I mean, pretty good job. This is as good <laughs> as it gets, Tim. This is the pinnacle of trainer humor. Yeah, um, this is it. Um, it is it is Swift season though. Yeah, it, it is Swift season. It is Swift season, guys. Uh, I gotta break some news to you. Oh, wait, what's that noise? Boop a doop boop boop a doop boop. Whoa, breaking news. It's breaking news. Um, I signed up, re-signed, re-reactivated my Zwift account. Wow. It's been dormant wow. Wow. for quite some time. And did you adjust pri- the prior to it being dormant <laughs> officially? It was dormant unofficially for quite some yeah, time. Also yeah, before that, yeah. Yeah. are you stuck in the other world? <laughs> you're like you're the only one around. You're I like, gotta do some updates. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, so that's, that's exciting. Um, I, I don't know if it's like a new year's resolution, uh, situation or what, but I did, I did go for the annual. I did go for the annual to save two bucks a month or whatever. I'm a little concerned though, Spencer, because, um, (laughs) now that you, you're, you're, you're great coder, although you haven't been hired by a small Norwegian software company called Visma. Yeah, that's um, true. You know, you're basically the like, you, you're the blender to get the uh, Everest bike. Like, you probably know all the ins and outs of coding to get some of the best kits out there. No, I, I am gonna have to hack into the mainframe and update my thing. I've only got like 14 slices of pizza or whatever. However, Zwift does. It. Do they still do that? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I need to unlock some cool stuff. We should probably. If I could upload a JPEG of the Slow Ride logo onto a kit uh, in the Zwift universe, yeah. um, metaverse, it's a met, it's a metaverse, isn't it? It's I think it's a metaverse. Yeah, I don't know if you can buy real estate there, but um, it's definitely something that uh, hmm. lives. I mean, congrats for coming back, Spencer. It's good to see um, that you well, went whole hog and you bought a year long uh, membership. Here's the thing, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it on my own. Um, it's, that was an investment. That's a big investment in cycling. It's the biggest investment in cycling I've made in a little while. Uh, Are as you we, as we know, trying to convince us to join? Well, we'll see. 
Um, you know, let me let me let me just you know float a few things by you and see if uh, see if we can't reel you guys in as well to this timeshare mm. I've got going on. Um, yeah. Uh, wait, are there snacks? Because usually these timeshare things. Are oh, there'll snacks. be snacks at the end. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you got to sit through uh, just a brief presentation. Okay. Um, Power bars. It's worth it. Yeah, as you know, like USA Cycling was champing at the bit to get me back in the fold, um, offering me steep discounts on a race license uh, over the Christmas season. So, you know, I decided to stick it to the USA Cycling man and uh, and race race virtually uh, this off season. And it's been a while, as I alluded to, that I've been anywhere involved with Swift at all. Um, but they have all kinds of features now that they did not used to have back in the day, including group rides and clubs. And I noticed none of the three of us had the gumption or the foresight to have created a slow ride podcast club on Zwift. No. Well, there is one now. Really? And it has one member, and that's Mm. me. Okay. And I'm going to need as many listeners as possible ride Zwift to join this club just search the slow ride podcast in the clubs uh, on your Zwift companion app and uh uh we'll try and do some some group rides and see who shows up and yep. I'm not requiring you guys to be there but I'm requiring somebody <laughs> anybody to be there okay. because that way I will be there because I realized Best rides that I've gone on, the the most responsible, let's say, the most responsible I've been going on rides mm-hmm. is when I had to show up uh, to uh, team rides for the <laughs> for the little guy racing uh, yep. team, which I was, you know, Super 15 squad. minutes yeah. late for uh, consistently, but I, I need I need to be held accountable. So the Slow Ride Podcast well, Zwift with a group. sponsorship. It's a new, all new Spencer. Spencer, welcome back. It's so yeah. great. Yeah. Um, uh, Spencer, what uh, what rig are you going to be rocking on the Zwift, or do you are there accoutrements that are on your wish list to purchase coming up? Uh, I think I'm pretty much good to go. It's been a while. Do you have uh, a good desk. Do I have what? A good Zwift desk. Uh, yeah, yeah. I found something out by the trash uh, like last okay. summer um, that I've repurposed into the basement, so it's perfect. Nice. Do you have a good rug? underneath your trainer we got a we got like a yoga mat situation yeah nice cool all right uh, i don't know if there's anything else dude. well there's uh, a bike and a trainer are you are you doing are you setting a time for these rides how how are you gonna how is when is well, when see, is spencer ride time are you a morning an evening what's going on here absolutely not in the morning <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I figured as much this so. has to be uh this has not yet been determined but i'm thinking like uh I don't know, maybe like a Thursday at like 7 p.m. Now I'm going to be held to that now that I said that. Um, Prime going to bedtime. Yeah. Perfect. So this will be for our evening dads. You know, yeah, after the kids are asleep. Um, Evening The younger kids probably. I don't know how how old kids are when they stay up. I was. Um, there'll be more to more to come on that, but if people could join the group, it would make me feel better because right now I'm pretty lonely. Including you two should at least join the group. <laughs> uh, I've so been on Zwift in years. So I don't know how that works. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, I'm just saying, if, if some listeners up, so hear maybe... this on Tuesday and get on there before you guys, that's going to be embarrassing. That's true. That is going to be embarrassing. Yeah. I don't even know. I got to find my login. Um, <laughs> well, welcome back, Spencer. Good to see you in the virtual world. Um, you, <laughs> you got me thinking a little bit um, about like what you're going to be riding and what's, uh, what's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, we, in the past, we've talked about um, eBay watch lists. And I got we got an email um, here on the before the fold, but this one comes to us from um, all the way from the UK. Um, uh, Andy Andy P throwing out a big wave from UK corner, oh. and a- Andy asked, "What's in the Slow Ride Podcast coffers?" And he says, "Hey team, Slow Ride Podcast, you'll mm-hmm. be pleased to hear." that I have been so indoctrinated by this podcast that when I saw this eBay listing, I immediately thought of you. Now, I'm assuming you want this. So my question is, what's the bidding strategy? I'm sure between the three of you and the Swap World Champion, you can get this (laughs) down a few hundred quid. Now, I will be sharing it here in the chat uh, for you both so you can see it. Um, See if that that link works. And then... um, this yeah. this is this is a slow ride podcast gem. Now it's for four hundred pounds currently, uh-huh. um, at the buy it now price. Um, the George Hincappy nineteen ninety eight USA Tour de France jerseys worn a four hundred dollar jersey. Um, it says George Hincappy in the collar. It's pearl zoomy. It's stars and stripes. It's got the vertical stripes. It's a jersey we've all seen so many times when he was national champ. Um, four hundred dollars is astronomically expensive. It's very that. expensive. Yeah. It does so have his thing, name embroidered into the collar, though. It does. So the the bidding strategy here, Andy, is if I even wanted it, I would send a uh, a note to the um, seller and say, "You're ridiculous. You're not going to get four hundred pounds." <laughs> And then I would go back maybe six, seven months from now under a different alias and be like, oh man, like I might be able to get you 50 pounds. Whoa. Um, that's, that's, but here's the, that's yeah, leaving it disgusting. hanging out there for six or seven months though, Tim. What if it gets snapped but 400 up? 400 pounds is 400 pounds, like $800 or maybe not 400. You get, what's 400? I like it, Tim. 1.2. You gotta, you gotta be willing to lose like, if you want to win. I mean, you, know, you gotta, you, you got, you also gotta set the expectations. You guys said the expectations here that for a 400 pound jersey, which equates to $480 US, that that, that is not worth $500. Buy it now. Like, th- it's not. And I wow. don't know. I don't know, seller. Let me give you a bit of advice. The postage says doesn't post to the United States. Now, I don't know very many non American riders that are. Living in the UK, like, like, what's your market if you're limiting this hang to on, the UK hang on, hang on, hang on. audience? This like, United States Postal Service jersey does not it, ship. It, to the no, US. it's it, it's in yeah. Glasgow. How would you do it? It's in Glasgow, it? Scotland. Oh, so we we got a man on the inside. We have a man on the inside. Sure. So, it, well, here's the thing. This description does say it's the finish line jersey. It's got his name written inside. It also has finish written inside in the pen, uh, in, in like Sharpie or whatever. Um, like this is a legit piece of, of, of cycling history of American cycling history. Yeah. 
You don't think that's worth 400 bucks? No. 500 you're, bucks? You're insane. I mean, at, at a most. podcast. Okay, here's, here's what we do. We reach out and we say, I see you don't ship to the U.S. What gifts? And we see what they say. Like, if, they, if they're willing to budge on that, then we say, great, you've got yourself a deal. If you will lower the price to two fifty. Two fifty. Still a lot of money. And and they say absolutely not, and they'll come back with, you know, three fifty or something. And we settle somewhere around three fifteen. Uh we pay the shipping, obviously. Or or we just send him in person to go pick it up. That that would be worth something, maybe a little off the top there. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, what, what do we do with it once we have it is the that's question. That's what I'm saying. I mean, call up George, see if you can get a free night at the at the Hotel Domestique. There's no way I mean, George I'm just is th- giving a free night to anyone for any reason. <laughs> okay, but he's that, a businessman. <laughs> I just don't know like where, like what's even in here. I mean, I, I guess it just doesn't really make a ton of sense for me. It's really Which funny that they buy. couldn't figure out how to ship that one to the United States. I mean, it's right I mean, there you, on the jersey. You the, put it in an old jiffy bag and you get it wherever it needs to go. <laughs> Recycling uh, knows how to take care of these problems. This this seller, you guys, if you go in, you look, they're also selling uh, Bartali, uh, Mappe, uh, Italian Champions jersey signed. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Not much more. And I got to say, I think that is a better deal. Uh, but also a Denny Mankoff pink jersey sign from mm-hmm. the Giro. And for how a much? couple 325 is the start on that. Uh, 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 Tour de Suisse yellow jersey for uh, Robert Hasink. Oscar Frere green jersey. 150 pounds for those guys. Or, and this is the real Frere, steal, you guys. Three time world champion, 150? Jeez. Yeah, green jersey. This is the steal, though. A Robo Bank, Robert Gasink. 2008 Tour of California podium jersey. Only oh. 150 pounds. That's weird. Pretty ugly. Okay. <laughs> we buy this jersey. It gets, we work out the shipping somehow. We have a third party ship it to us. I don't know. Whatever. We get a freight forwarder. Who gets it among the three of us? I think Who's Tim's, willing to wear this jersey? I think Tim's going to wear it. That's what I think. I would never wear this. Oh, Tim, I mean, we have photographic evidence of you wearing the AG2R kit. I feel like you're the official. No, but like oh the, AG, the, AG2R, the, AG2R, the AG2R kit is amazing. I would never wear this. I see the thing it's is I don't want to wear Spencer. it either. It's not even Spencer. Oh. Spencer, it's not even funny that you would think I'd wear this. Wow. All right. So you guys are going to make me wear this. I'm going to yes. be on the trainer on Zwift. <laughs> So it's only going to be in the basement in Massachusetts rather than resplendent around the roads of the airport in Orlando. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if I got this, like, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't wear it. I I don't even, like... Uh, Oh, I get it. I get it. You wouldn't wear it because you don't have the matching bibs. Okay, little guy. Let's do some searching. Let's find the bibs. We'll get the set. And once we have this set of official Hincapi worn, so oh, Tim, you're gonna you yeah. backed yourself right. into a corner. You're gonna have to wear some Hincapi bibs. So, it's pre-worn from the man. We've been the last legend. The last few weeks, we have been talking a little bit of eBay uh, watch list and whatnot. Look, is there anything that you've uh, that you've got your eyes on? 
besides moving, this kid moving right along i see yeah i, I don't <laughs> want to talk about this jersey because you guys are going to find a way to get it to me and then i would wear it but oh man nah uh, you got anything little guy nah you know the thing i i check for a you got lot a swap coming up i guess there's a swap coming up in a couple of weeks here so i'll be looking and the thing i look for whenever i go to a, a, a bike shop with a used bin is i look for a sun tour superbi pro um mm. stem because I've had all the other bits. I've never been able to find one of the stems. It's a quill stem that's got a little cutout in the front. I've never been able to find one. They're like 100 to $200 on eBay, which is absurd for these things because they're just, they're just SR stems. Um, so I'm always digging for one of those, trying to find one. I, I'm either going to never get one or I'm going to get one for like $4 at some random bike shop because it'll just be in the bin yeah. Um, so that's the dream. And I just looked again on eBay and they're too much money still on eBay. So <laughs> that's my swap dream. Cause it's just a pretty regular stem, but it's just got a cutout <laughs> and a little stamp. And I just, I just want it for mm-hmm. no reason. Well, the top of my list right now is still the BMX cruiser 24 inch. Cause I want to get one. I'm going to get a BMX bike for the oldest. So we can start going to hit some gates and I want to get back onto the 24 inch, uh, yeah, I'm a free agent. Want to go out there and uh, get a 24-inch uh, cruiser? You, you need uh, to have a free our, agent then. Well, a friend of ours said he was going to send us send me one, and then hasn't responded <laughs> to my email or text. But I may be blocked. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you you're know, probably blocked. Th- which you're probably it makes blocked. sense. Fine. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, that that's currently what I'm looking for. I don't really have anything else in the market because I had the AG2R kit, um, and that's pretty much it. Spencer, anything on your uh, mind? Uh, to help you out in either the, the metaverse or in real life bike riding? Uh, let's see. Not really. Um, my, my, most of my dreams at this point, I've had, I think, fully all the midlife crises I'm going to have. Um, so I've pretty much made any weird bike purchases uh, that I need, including, you know, the, the full carbon. Uh, Dura-Ace, um, DI2 carbon wheels Cervelo that I bought in order to destroy you guys in the hill climb competition, the Everesting competition, Yeah, which I did yeah. 50%. Not- I did destroy <laughs> 50% of you. <laughs> did, um, so that's true. I don't remember actually how it came down between you and me. Uh, you got crushed. You, you got crushed. You got crushed. Because when I, I won it, when, when the Florida, not even close, not even no, close. When the, when the Florida man won it, um, it came down I to the last day. And I sent the text. I sent the text to you both saying, "Hey guys, just got to Everest." And then all Spencer texted back was like, "Expletive, expletive, expletive." And then we didn't hear from him for about forty-eight hours, <laughs> and uh, came on the podcast, and he's like, "I'm done riding bikes." I'm just not, just not riding bikes anymore because if I didn't do it that day, Spencer was going to beat me, which was probably the most painful. I was I was <laughs> a couple like a couple thousand feet away from yeah, yeah completing, so. um, and I did go out and eventually complete the distance, which little guy never did. So that's part of why he got crushed. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I've completed it since then. I just didn't. Record I it. we'll see. It's pretty flat there in Minneapolis. I would um, say that I've I've probably lucked into the height uh, <laughs> just by riding a lot. Can I? I I do want to. Uh, um, on Instagram, one of my favorite follows on Instagram is a Instagram handle called True Marmalade. I don't know if you've followed True Marmalade, but 
No. This gentleman rides his cargo bike, 200-pound cargo bike, all over the U.S. And they had a post up about how they got first place, like most miles ridden. Last year, it was like 20,000 miles. It the, His average ride is like 50 miles a day going around. He came through Gainesville on the way to Tampa. But... The scoreboard was run by this um, this app. I don't know. Have you? This isn't a paid endorsement, but it was really fucking cool because I signed up for it. Um, there's an app called Wanderer. Have you seen this? It's like kind of a free app. It's W A N D R E R. Uh. And what it is <laughs> of is it actually? It is. Of course it is. It's like yeah. Spell Wanderer without one vowel. Um, but the the Wanderer app. What's cool about it though is it goes into your like Strava history, and it tracks every single place you've been <laughs> so if you want to so if you're a completist or you're someone that wants to like make sure like if you've gone to every road in minneapolis little guy it's how Oof. you can track like if you've been down like you're doing the staircases this is what yeah. made me think of it yeah so you're doing the staircases if you wanted to track if you've been on all of the staircases um mm-hmm. for instance you could just have your garmin on or whatever your strava is for like when you're walking and then it will track it so Today I went for a run because uh, I wasn't able to go for a ride this weekend uh, between the storms. And there was like down the road, there's this neighborhood that like there's three blocks that I have never even ridden or like run down. And I was like, oh, I've never been down those streets, mm-hmm. went down the streets and they were really cool and allowed you to it like gamifies seeing new neighborhoods. Yeah, hmm. it was really, really awesome and fun. And it's a good way for me to see, like, oh, I haven't been to that part of town and gone into that neighborhood to see, like, what exists back there or the weird dead-end streets you don't know that happen. So, anyways, I checked that out. It actually made it fun to get out, and I can't wait to do it on the bike. But it links up with the the Keru 2 computer that we have. Oh, nice. So, again, not not a Premlap thing, but it's actually a really, really cool app. It's based out of Atlanta. Two, two um, questions. One, I think you started to address. Uh, do they have staircases listed? Um, not that probably I know of, not. but I think okay, Little okay. Guy can probably get the API and to, then, to do that. Yeah, cool. Cool, cool, cool. I, uh, and then, I'll get, I'll go well, quickly, for the, for the maps, um, it sounds like they've got, you know, Orlando. They've got all these places. Watopia? Is there anything in there? Do they get so that? that's that's the other part I was thinking because Spencer, you're going to be out there all by yourself, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, just looking around for friends, and you're not going to want to like double. You're not going to want to go on the same route twice, right? Because you're going to like want to look and be like, "Ooh, last time yeah. I took a left here. Maybe my friends are to the right in the metaverse." Um, I I don't it's a know good how, way to do that. Yeah, I honestly I don't know how to turn in Swift. I don't know if you can do it. And <laughs> I, I think Anyways. there's a way. I was like, I was pretty stoked with it. Um, All right. And it, it just got me going to see some new things. So I guess we talk sometimes here about what's cool in bikes. And that was one thing that I was pr- pretty, pretty into. That's good. That sounds, that sounds really cool. If they've got, yeah, if, if it can work with the staircases, that'd be helpful. Um, How is the staircase hunting going, little guy? It's good. I'm at, um, I think when we talked last time, I, I said why I was at 180 and I wasn't. When I went back later in the week and looked, I was actually at like 160 something. So I'm actually at one, I think either 185 or 186 now or something. I got a bunch the other day. I was had a pretty productive day the other day. So yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's good. I'm getting some, uh, getting some sneaky ones. Eight. I haven't even really touched downtown yet, so I feel like. I gotta find a nice warm day, and I'm gonna. Well, just 
still okay, just yeah. remember you just gotta take it one step at a time all right no yeah I yeah, yeah. It's true. You get this. It's true. i mean it's Unreal. it's cold out there so you know like i understand you gotta follow probably like a kind of a nordic track uh mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. to find mm-hmm. all the staircases well they're all closed right now in minneapolis because you guys uh, know yeah, the yeah. minneapolis way the, close the all the soul, staircases the soul of the city uh is closed yeah, yeah. well let's um we're gonna get into this week's premlap, but uh, let's do it because, and and here's how we're gonna do it: a short one from Aussie Corner. I'm just boarding my plane from Brisbane to Adelaide to watch the tour down under as the Slow Ride Pod's unofficial official premlap correspondent. All right, I'm packed. I have my homemade shirt ready, thanks to my beautiful <laughs> and talented wife. Somewhat per the specs as advised, the prep is done, and here I come. The Slow Ride Podcast rules. Kind regards, Michael Turnbull. So Michael is off from Brisbane to Adelaide to watch the TDU as our unofficial official premlap correspondent. So Michael, take it away in this week's premlap. So remember that, and uh, yeah, enjoy your Star Ride podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the premlap. Let's give a quick shout out to all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network, including our very own Michael Turnbull, who is on the streets asking the hard-hitting questions at the World Tours training camp, the Tour Down Under. Uh, Head over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out about all of our shows, including the great work that's coming out of Cyclocross Radio and Grodio that is continuing to put out great um, episodes, uh, thanks to the panda, Amanda Nauman. Yeah, indeed. It is uh, it is incredible uh, support that we get from all the listeners, and we appreciate it very much. Uh, if you are a supporter, thank you. If you are not yet, uh, you know, consider it. If it's something that is uh, viable for you, check it out, wideanglepodium.com, um, and figure out how to donate and support the shows that you appreciate on the network. <laughs> yeah, well... Um, I'm excited for bike racing season around the corner, and I know you guys are, but so are some of our listeners that have sent in some more emails. So let's get back to the show. Hello, this is Shireen from the Last Trek Lions, and I don't listen to the podcast. All right, guys, here we are. We're back. Let's get right into it. So um, last week, uh, we, we weren't able to get to all of our emails, but um, Jesse, uh, we, we got two pain cave um, submissions. First mm-hmm. one, Jesse reads. We didn't talk a ton about it, I don't believe, but Jesse's a longtime supporter of the pod and a member of our Minneapolis uh, family. He's got a pretty sweet uh, pain cave setup, um, really good table height on this um in a in a rather cluttered carpeted minnesota midwestern basement that you know like at one time there was grand plans to watch the game down there oh yeah um, <laughs> you know but it's got a nice dehumidifier so you're like all right it's definitely you know it's definitely probably been flooded a few times when the uh when the water comes in but uh overall it's looking pretty good it's got a nice trek um i believe it's crockett um looking uh resplendent as always um, any, any ads on the Jesse, uh, pain cave little guy? Well, 
Eagle Eye uh, will notice mm-hmm. in the background uh, mm-hmm. frame leaning against the wall, uh, just visible enough to peak uh, the Slow Ride podcast interest. But uh, I don't know if Jesse just put this there just to just to see how much we're paying attention. But he's got a he's got a, a system uh, a six thirteen or whatever Cannondale. Uh, oh yeah, just hanging out there in the back. Uh, he notes. When I asked him if that's what it was, he said, "Yeah, I don't have a fork for it." So, um, but uh, well played, Jesse. Well, we're paying attention. You can't slide <laughs> that past us. We're, we're we're looking. All right, Jesse's looking as always. But let's give let's take a look at this next one. This one comes to us from Todd Grassman. Hey guys, Todd here in Iowa's leading edge council council bluffs, Iowa. Yes, that was an official city slogan. By the way, council bluffs, Iowa. Wasn't at the top of my list for favorite Iowa cities, but with a slogan like that, Iowa's leading edge, it's certainly is now. Um, I'm a bit late to the party, but it finally got sub zero here last week, so it felt appropriate. I submit to you my pain cave, as you know, one on one end of my bedroom, hence being per- precariously close to my record collection and guitar. Ah. Ride on. And this one's from Todd. Um, now, Spencer, mm-hmm. this pain cave is right up your alley. It's similar in, in style to uh, many a pain cave over the years of mine um, with the mixture of the guitar uh, uh, studio practice area slash training area. It's like, you know, it's hard to find uh, space in the, in the old house for all the hobbies. So a lot of times they end up overlapping Um and uh, I, I definitely appreciate the uh, mixed use um, so, aspect to this to this pain cave. Now I'm a a, a friend of uh, Todd's on uh, the old Instagram. Can't wait to meet um, Todd in person one of these days. Uh, and maybe maybe I have met I have Todd at um, Todd. Water at Waterloo. But Todd knows his music. I've seen him play guitar on the Instagram feed, and Spencer, uh, quite the. Uh, um, <laughs> this is right up your alley, the pop punk um, aficionado that you are. Oh yeah, tons of good stuff here. Um, lots of paraphernalia. TV's going, the, like it's some music video like, going on there. Yeah. Maybe a documentary on the life and times of MXPX you know, or something. Fat Mike or somebody. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Fat Mike. Nice. Anyways, Todd, thank you so much for the uh, contribution um, to the Pain Cave uh, reviews uh, this week, along with Jesse. Um, follow up on the student, the exchange student jackpot. This one comes to us from Craig. Now, you may remember uh, Craig told us that uh, a, a bit nervous in uh, Indiana uh, with a, a, trying to get a, um, a exchange student for uh, him and his wife. Only to find out that uh, she's from Belgium and related, I believe, uh, father with Intermarché. So her dad worked with Intermarché or whatnot. So, of course, Craig was like asking all the questions like a good, solid, slow ride podcast listener. Uh, But as you would uh, know, here are some bullet points on some of the follow ups that we had from a few weeks ago. Alexander Kristoff was a very nice person, according to the uh, exchange student, and got some of the best results on the team. But didn't re-sign because he wanted uh, probably a little bit too much money, which you would understand. You know, Intermarché is you know it's it's a budget team. Mm-hmm. Um, Tucker Vanderhorn, absolutely one of the nicest people you would meet. 
Of course. Obviously. I, Drives a van again. How could he not be? Yeah. Um, when uh, when Benny, uh, Benny Grenet won his Jiro stage, he had to get a new phone and phone number because he was getting so many messages. <laughs> I, I, can, I can believe that. Like, right? Yeah. Like, the entire country of Eritrea is trying to call you <laughs> when you win and you win on such a grand uh, stage. Um, uh, Andre Greipel is amazing. And while Ru Costa got the best results, also was not able to be resigned just because of like budgets. You know, they're the money yeah. ball team of yeah. the world tour. But how awesome is that to uh, be able to, um, you know, learn a little bit uh, and, and provide both the, you know, hey, the experience of, of a lifetime coming to America as an exchange student, but then also like exchange student parent being like, tell me all about the world tour team. <laughs> So I can yeah. tell a podcast yeah. and my, my five friends that know what Belgium is. <laughs> uh, it, it is true. If, if you're not a cycling fan in the U.S., uh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to know what percentage of people could point out Belgium on a map. Just a, a, an unlabeled map of Europe. Um. This one comes to us. Uh, this next one comes to us from Eric. Uh, and Eric says... Hey, Tim, Eric from Asheville, North Carolina. When's the Doc Hollywood? My teammate Tommy and I came down in 2020 and we're looking to, oh. make, to making it an annual trip, but the pandemic put a hold on that. You might remember we talked a bit of hockey and I broke my chain ring riding wheelies with the kids when we got back to Micanopy. You were also so kind to let me to, to take a selfie with me. Well, you know, it's, you didn't, I didn't have change. I apologize. Um, I hope you all <laughs> have a great holiday and look forward to the pod in 2024. Maybe even episode 400. Eric from Youngblood Brikes. Um, I've been listening, and he says, P.S., I've been listening since just before the Eric Saunders interview. Whoa. You were bringing up the squeaky wheel. So this, is, this may be one of our longest-running listeners. That is uh, that is old. <laughs> That's yeah. probably um, pre, Eric, pre-50, like in the 30s somewhere, maybe. Uh. So, Eric... Um, it will come back. I don't know when, but I'm catching the bug again. I am going to be, I'm planning Eric to be at the dirty pecan up in Tallahassee in early March doing the 100. If you want to come ride with me, um, the, the dirty pecan used to be like a couple weeks after the doc Hollywood, but I just don't think I'm going to be able to uh, have any fitness or be able to do the doc Hollywood. So, um, this year, but it doesn't mean maybe I'll bring it back in the fall. It's a great ride. So we'll get it. We'll get it hooked up. Um, but, but thanks again, uh, for the email. Um, next one comes to us from Stuart Gregg, MVDP Lambo. Stuart just wanted to point out that VW owns both Porsche and Lamborghini. So it's probably the same Audi Q7 underneath, um, which cements him on the dark side, certainly confirming his newly earned villain status. It's true. (sighs) It's probably, I mean, yeah, if nothing else, like the door handles are off a golf or something you know what so, was it a little guy you'll know the answer to this and probably half our listenership but what what was the it was a vw wasn't it that had um campy uh rear like struts on the on the trunk yeah it's a phaeton <sighs> it's really nice i had to um is uh off cycling sort of do like a strutted um like a stereo cabinet thing at work and we had to buy little you know strut hinges so it could mm-hmm. hold itself up and i got to say they um they were not phaeton campy esque no, uh, not campy the quality 
was a little lower and I that's all when we, it was discussed what we were going to do all I could think about was those yeah chrome industrial um BWs. you think you think if you went to a Lamborghini dealership and you were talking the talk and walking the walk and uh you were like oh and I want to get the upgrade to the trunk with the Campagnolo <laughs> uh struts you think yeah. they would uh they would just say oh yeah we'll get that for you or do you yeah, think they, they probably, would uh they probably just say yes to everything and then when you leave they go what 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 did he just say what was that what was that I mean, just tell him it's an extra hundred thousand dollars. I mean, yeah. if you're buying we'll a Lamborghini, you're, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, and they'll probably be like, "Italy will do it, whatever." Yeah, whatever. We'll <laughs> yeah, just just say yes to everything and then charge him a hundred thousand dollars for everything. Yeah, yeah. I um, think it's worth it. Yeah, I got a follow up email here from David and Charlotte. You may remember David correctly identified the the Alfa Romeo car uh, that our listener. The lawyer that um, lived next door to Spencer in Stephen Square um, mm-hmm. uh, purchase, um, and David writes, "This is likely the high point of my cycling career." <laughs> uh, please, please let Aginne. Uh, I I messed up uh, Amanish's uh, name, but know that I wish him good luck in finding a replacement vehicle. Just just assuming that the yeah. Alfa Romeo is going <laughs> to break down at any moment. Um, but very, 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 very cool. I was thinking about that Alfa Romeo the other day, honestly, and I was wondering, and now we're going to have to get another follow-up email on this because I want to know, was there any tie-in with Valtteri Bottas driving for Alfa Romeo in Formula One and being a big, known, like, gravel cyclist aficionado? Is there any like, tie in there, or is it just Alpha for Alpha's sake? Uh, what it, what kind of uh, bike does he ride? Do you know what his a canyon? Preferred? He's a good canyon. A canyon. He's definitely on a canyon. canyon Double decker. Yeah, he's a canyon guy. So I'm wondering, well, you the, know, he needs maybe, the extra space for all the com- like data was, that he has on the steering. Or was the car prior to the Alpha? Was the lawyer's car prior to the Alpha a Mercedes as well? Oh, yeah. time, time will he, tell. Is he, yeah, is he this is our resident. Um, this is our, uh, sorry, our, our retainer, a lawyer <laughs> on retainer at this point. This uh, is the slow ride podcast lawyer, legal yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. um, should I have upgraded is the question. Dear Tim, Spencer, and Matt just heard the episode where you read my note from last summer about how a J.J. Sempe cartoon of an alone rider far behind the peloton mm. reminded me of my relationship with the podcast. I'm still about six months behind you in my stubborn <laughs> bid to listen to every episode in order. I wasn't going to say anything about it, but I couldn't resist when I heard Tim identify the town where I saw the drawing of Ailes. It's Arles, pronounced Arl, an ancient Roman outpost in Provence, where Van Gogh, pronounced O, oh, never mind, made some of his most <laughs> famous paintings. Mm-hmm. It was in just an epic example of Tim indulging his fetish for mispronunciation. I'm delighted to be a part of the bit. Uh, if it's a case of a high-powered analyst and a father of two being too busy to read his emails carefully, I sympathize. At any rate, it was all half a year ago, so who cares? Anyway, what I really need is advice on where I should get a road bike update. I'm riding a 12-year-old Scott Speedster, so not exactly top-of-the-line equipment. My main bike is a Cannondale bad boy, but every now and then, I like to put on the stretchy clothes and go relatively fast. 
Though lately, it's come to feel a bit more of a thrill than I'm comfortable with. When the bad boy was out of commission for a few days, I felt like I was taking a roller coaster to pick up the dry cleaning. So would it be worth it to move to something that takes maybe 28s or even 32s or maybe even disc brakes? Or given that I am unlikely to hear this advice for several months, should I do or should I have done or not done this? Still having trouble with tenses (laughs) as well as decision making. Keep up the good work. I'll catch up someday. Cheers, Warren Levinson. Um, All right, Warren, thank you for the email. Um, Hope to see you catch up even more. But I have to say, Warren, that uh, the Scott Speedster, it's 12 years old. It's time for it to go. You definitely need a a new bike. Get some 32s, but um, go full canty. Uh, You don't need the disc brakes. What? Um, Yeah. Don't stop. Where on earth is he going to buy... A, a, a purchase a bicycle without disc brakes in in the year of our Lord twenty twenty four. Why get a new man. bike? Our Lord new Eddie Marks, of course. Yeah, custom builders. Rim brakes. Yeah. If there are any custom builders not doing disc brakes that are still in business, please give yes. me a phone call. Well, well, this is assuming they're still in business six months from now. This is that's the thing. Like you know, this could be the tail end. Um, I I don't know disc brakes. I mean, sure. Get disc brakes. Get the uh, get a Richie Swiss cross. There you go. Solved. Richie Swiss cross. Tim might be the smartest <laughs> advice you've ever given like, anyone on this entire show in four hundred and sixty-seven episodes. Yes. A plus. You nailed it. Finally. Okay. Finally. Yep. All right, Warren. <laughs> congratulations, um, Richie Swiss cross. That's my recommendation. Uh, little guy, yours. Uh, I mean, I dropped the bank. Uh, full custom. Uh, get some, uh, you can get those E brakes. Uh, you can get them in a bigger version. I think they'll fit like 32s or 35s. So get those. That's so now we're only down, we're in $3,000 now. Group set, uh, lightweight wheels or something. Uh, you're down. Lightweight. 10 10 grand. Why not? You're not custom. Why not? Here's the thing. I I heard some things lately like, this is painful. Really aren't the most arrow and they're not the lightest anymore you can get better stuff but nothing looks cooler than a pair of lightweight wheels you look down you think you're yon all uh you know like there's nothing cooler than when the biggest tour riders would bust out the like wheels that you knew the sponsors didn't want them to ride that they purchase purchase themselves just uh-huh. for those mountain stages you can't nothing can be cooler than that ever like that's those are the coolest I wheels am. of all time. I think Spinergy made two different wheels no. that were cooler actually, but no. that's that's a discussion for another time. Oh, coolest wheels. Uh, Tim Tim actually nailed it with the Swiss Cross. It's the perfect it's the perfect bridge for any retro grouch into modern cycling. Because it's it's like a steel frame with classic geometry. It's a classic name. It's a it's a old fogey trusted builder uh, whose name is on the down tube there with Tom Ritchie. But you can you can ease yourself into some disc brakes and some wide tires while still maintaining that the soul of cycling. You know, it's the, it's the perfect point. bike. Yeah, totally agree. I think we solved it. Nailed it. Um, you know, we haven't, uh, talked about at all. And I think little guy, you're going to have basically, I don't know, we'll give you four minutes. Um, oh, good. to, uh, talk cyclocross national championships. Get on the pulpit. 
Oh, um, I didn't watch it. Uh, people from Vent- other countries won the races, and Vent- Venturini won French. Yeah, Venturini won yeah. France. Uh, won Nebenhaus won Dutch. Sonny Kant. So I mean, we got sent a message from uh, Bill, I think, saying that Sonny Kant won yeah. her fifty. I got, I, I got the quote. Yeah. All right, Sonny Kant. The quote. This is in my head. In my head, this was my last national championship. I will do one more road season, and then I'll probably retire after next cross season. I could do another, but it would be a shame if the jersey would not be visible the season after. 15 is nice and better to remember than 16. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I don't think that's true. I, 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 yeah, I, don't I, feel like, I feel like we need to start the campaign to get Sonicant to win 16 jerseys. Yeah. What a legacy that would be. 15? Eh, it's yeah. kind of forgettable. 16, you're going to win the, the Slow Ride Podcast Championship belt. Yeah. That's some good oh, incentive yeah. right there. Exactly. Um, little guy, I was led to believe that um, Wad Van Aert is the greatest uh, cycle cross racer from Belgium. Mm-hmm. He didn't win the national championship there. It was Ellie Ezerbeet. Um yeah. Well, it wasn't there, so that, uh, that's kind of why. But like, uh, how does that? How, how do you feel so, about that? Oh, that he didn't. Yeah, you can see that Belgian national championship kit in the races, which is great. Mm-hmm. But I mean, nothing not to take away anything from Ellie Ezerbeet, but kind of. Kind of, yeah. You're taking. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? For, I'm not gonna say, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, I know what you mean. It it does feel like wow, head and shoulders. Can, he should have it, but what? Well, you know, you got to show up, man. You got to show up. And I do, I, you know, I think I, I got to respect that. So Sané Kant is 33 years old. So she won Uh her first women's national championship in 2010. 2009, she got second, losing a sprint. So she could have been at 16th this year. She probably um, still kicks herself over that sprint. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's the Sleepless one. Sleepless nights, right? Sleepless nights. Uh, four, a uh, three-time world champ, triple in, in advance. But anyways, so little guy, why did Matthew Vanderpool not show up to World uh, Nationals? I he's at the Lambo shop. I, just, <laughs> I think he's at a, uh, <laughs> a yeah, repair. He's, he's doing a tra- he's doing a training camp <laughs> to get the oil changed in the Lambo again. <laughs> yeah, after that um, engine light I, came I, on. I, I saw some. Yeah, the engine light definitely came on. <laughs> Uh, it needs new coil packs, probably. Uh-huh. Um, I think after Zonehoven or whatever, where he won, but he, if it's a fun race because there's other riders around him, for toyed with them for a large minute. portion of the race, yeah. and yeah, you weren't sure if he was just toying with them, but I think afterwards he was sort of like, ah, you know, I, was, I need a little rest. Um, so though he's won what 10, 11 in a row, and he still won easily. He didn't ride away on the first lap, so it's time for a little tune-up, time for mm-hmm. a training camp, mm-hmm. uh, so he can ride well, away the, on the first lap of Worlds. And, you know. We should give a, ha- a shout-out to uh, Cameron Mason for, for winning the um The UK the corner National jersey, Champions. yeah. Yeah, See, the UK Big corner. Cock didn't show up to that. Yeah, so <laughs> so he's back. It's good. Yeah, good job, Cameron back. Mason. Um, back. Well, cool. 
Well, gentlemen, I know we have a Nordic Corner number nine to round out the episode um, this week, which is pretty exciting, especially with the World Cup coming to the U.S. But um, I just wanted to uh, say thanks, and it was great to see you. And I can't wait to see everybody else on the Slow Ride podcast. So find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Slow Ride Pod. And with that, oh, also email slowridepodcast at gmail.com. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer. Holyoke, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road or in Watopia. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Good afternoon. This is Nate Chenenko with what I believe is episode nine of Nordic Corner. I'm reporting to you from what was actually pretty sunny today, Rochester, New York, more accurately, central New York, specifically Osceola, New York, where I drove up with my son to ski uh, all day at a just lovely ski area on the Tug Hill Plateau where we get dumped on with snow. Uh, I neglected to record a podcast last week because I was horribly overtrained. Uh, not that I'm really less overtrained now, but at least felt like I could come back and competently record a podcast. As a result, we missed the end of the tour to ski. So we still need to recap the end of the tour to ski, which was super exciting. Uh, the maybe most ridiculous and silliest part of the tour to ski is the last stage, which is the final climb up the Alpes Chermise, which is like what I can only tell what I believe is like a pretty chill blue trail on a downhill ski area that they ski up in the Tour de Ski. Um, but somehow when you turn around and go up, it's like a lot steeper than it feels like when you're going down. So I'm pretty sure they're crushing themselves. Um, something that I like get but don't necessarily support about cross-country skiing is how everybody collapses at the finish line of all the races and in particular in this race up the alpshermies it's absolutely ridiculous there's like not even enough room in the finish area for everybody to get across the finish line so in the women's race i guess i'll just use this as an example sophia laukley who's american but also like kind of fake Norwegian because I'm pretty sure she's half Norwegian and speaks fluent Norwegian and lives in Norway. Um, she won and she did not collapse at the finish. And I believe she was the only one to not collapse at the finish. She won by maybe 12, 15 seconds over Heidi Veng from Norway. And then a French woman whose name temporarily escapes me came in and everybody after that started collapsing at the finish line and after maybe like 15 racers came across, there was no room and you could barely get across the finish line. And so the organizer finally started sending out some of the course workers into the finish line to at least like to the other problem with collapsing at the finish line is like, if you do that after a marathon, I guess it's not that bad because other finishers could come in and collapse. And like, you don't take that, you don't take up that much space because it's just your body. And it's not that dangerous because the runners don't come across with like pointy objects on all four of their appendages, but 
in cross country ski racing, like it, you really don't want to poke somebody who's lying on the ground with a ski or a pole, especially a pole. Um, so they finally had the organizer finally had somebody to come in and help take all of these things off of everybody, which, which alleviated the problem to some degree, but was still just like a scene. Uh, the men's race, they had that person out from the very beginning. Um, and that that definitely helped the situation substantially, but <laughs> it's pretty silly. So the end of the tour to ski, the only part that I really care about is the women's racing because it there's like actual good parody. Sophia Laukley won the final stage. Jesse Diggins won the overall tour to ski for her second time. She's American from Minneapolis. Hopefully I will be seeing her at the Minneapolis World Cup in a few weeks. Um, where I plan to get as many audio drops from cross-country ski racers for uh, what I have now learned has to be called the Slow Glide podcast, uh, which I do love. So that's the recap of last week's racing. There is no racing this weekend. There is racing again next weekend, although because I haven't been paying that much attention and haven't loaded up the fist podium picker, I'm not sure where it is. Um, but I want to move on to one of the uh questions that were submitted by An amanda nauman and we're gonna like broadly talk about the wax because there was a stage in the tour de ski that was maybe the best cross-country ski race that i have ever seen and people who know a lot about cross-country skiing have been echoing that so it's not just me being naive um like i usually am this was a 20 kilometer classic race and so classic for a reminder for all of our poor cyclists is the the type where it kind of looks like you're running, like your feet just go back and forth like a running motion in tracks. And the classic races are always interesting because it's extra hard to wax for them because you have to you have to get kick, which is like the part of the stride that makes you go forward. And then you also want to make sure you have decent glide. So like you want to push off. So you need to have something to push off against. And then you want to glide. And I'm a terrible classic skier, but I know this is how it works. I, in fact, I tried to classic ski today and it was like effectively a disaster um, with my son, who's maybe already better than me at age nine at classic skiing. So anyways, you got to have a ski that has kick, like a sticky part or grip and then glide. And the way you get kick or grip is by putting a different type of wax on the base of the ski under the area occupied by your foot. So like right in the middle of each ski. And this wax is usually, it's always stickier than the wax you use on the rest of the ski or the wax that you use on any skate ski called glide wax. So they call it kick wax. Some companies call it grip wax. It's pretty sticky depending on the temperature. Sometimes it comes on a like in like a like a little stick and you sort of scrub it on the ski like a glue stick when you're in fourth grade or something and you're making an art project. Um, sometimes it comes in a tube called clister and that's like really sticky. That's like not super glue sticky, but sticky and it's messy. Um, Sometimes they decide we're not going to use any wax. We're just going to rough up the base of the ski with sandpaper. And if you sandpaper it in the right direction, I've never done this myself, but um, they call it hairy skis or zero skis, zero for zero wax skis. And the hardest classic ski conditions to wax for, like if it's really cold, 
it's pretty easy to wax for classic skiing. Uh, the, the hardest conditions to wax for, the warmer it gets, the harder it is. But the hardest conditions to wax for are right around freezing, especially when there's a bunch of new snow coming, especially when it's around freezing, then that snow is very cold or I'm sorry, very, like very moist, sort of warm and very moist. And that's exactly what was happening during this 20 K classic race, especially for the women's race. It was like dumping snow, um, like not quite lake effect level snow, but pretty, pretty solid snowstorm level snow. And the, there were maybe every type of different wax was on display in the field, but particularly noteworthy. And my attachment to my history of knowing Swedish people through work and hanging out with Swedish people through work and spending a lot of time in Sweden a few years ago. I, I don't know if I'm entitled to say this necessarily, but I'm going to say it anyways. Um, the, the Swedish ski team strategy is very similar to the average Swedish strategy that I got, which is like maybe too clever by half. So what the Swedes decided to do is go no wax, but not not to use those zero or those hairy skis. They went literally glide wax on the entire ski. And the reason they did this is because this 20K classic race was flatter than the average World Cup classic race. And because it's flatter, the Swedish athletes, who are all really good at the sport, thought that they could double pole the whole thing, which means you're not doing what they call diagonal stride. That's not like the traditional classic striding. It's just, you take both your poles, you lift them up and you jam them into the ground and then you press yourself forward repeatedly over and over and over again for 20 kilometers. And that is really, really fast. And it also means that you can use skis that are glide wax the entire way up and down the ski. Um, the problem, and I think the thing that maybe the Swedish coaches and wax techs forgot to factor in is that the about a kilometer before the finish is two laps, so two 10 kilometer laps. About a kilometer before the finish, there was a huge hill. And not, I mean, not maybe not huge, but like a very steep, punchy hill, which you definitely could not double pole to the top of. So the Swedes take the lead. Um, they don't get a gap because there's all this fresh snow piling up in the tracks, which slows down the leader. So all the Swedes move to the front. Then they're nine kilometers into the race. They hit this wall. All the Swedes go straight to the back because they can't stride up the hill. They have to herringbone up the hill, which is like when you put your skis out in sort of a V shape and you run up like it ends up looking like fish bones. That's why it's called the herringbone. But you run up this, run up the hill with your legs out to the side, which is really slow and also like very effortful to do. And then second lap starts, Swedes all move back to the front, 18, 19 kilometers into the race. The hill comes, Swedes all go straight to the back. Um, they really didn't stand a chance. I feel like if one of them had looked at the course profile, to begin with, they would have known this was a thing. I think the reason that they gave this a shot, I'm sure the Swedish tabloids have like this all deeply exposed, but I think the reason they gave this a shot was that they figured, well, we'll double pull so hard for the other 9K that we'll have a big enough gap when we get to that hill that it won't matter, which definitely would have worked except for the fact that there was so much fresh snow piling up in the tracks, the classic tracks, 
that if you were in the lead, it was super slow. Like imagine not only are you like leading a bike race, so you're pulling everybody around the whole course, but you're also pedaling through sand and everybody else is on pavement. Like there's just no way you could stretch a lead out. Like you're not only are you breaking the wind aerodynamically, but you're also smashing down all these like wet, fluffy, slow snowflakes so that everybody can glide over them easily. So I think that race was just such a good example of like the tactics and decisions that happen in cross-country ski racing. For anybody who's interested, this was the women's 20K classic from Davos. The men's 20K classic was like almost as good, but not quite as good. Definitely like didn't have the Swedish wax drama that the women's race had. It was super entertaining. I really liked it. Everybody should go watch it. Um, I guess you could watch it on ski and snowboard.live at this point, somebody might've put it up on YouTube, but like, man, tactically just delicious to watch and crazy at the finish. Everybody lifts up their skis and you can see them as they're taking their skis off and everybody's got like a totally different setup on. I mean, it'd be like watching a cyclocross race and like half the, a third of the people are on road bikes, a third are on cyclocross bikes and a third are on mountain bikes. Like you just don't really see that that often in elite sports. So I was loving it anyways. Uh, with the episode nine of Nordic Corner, episode one of the Slow Glide podcast, this is Nate Chinenko signing out from Rochester, New York. There's an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds, but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation. Criterium Nation.